This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Are you a communicator looking to better connect with your audience? Stay tuned to learn more about Sean Palmer's newest book, Speaking by the Numbers. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Psalm 3, a psalm of David written when he fled from his son Absalom. Lord, how numerous are my enemies. Many attack me. Many say about me, God will not deliver him. Selah. But you, Lord, are a shield that protects me. You are my glory and the one who restores me. To the Lord I cried out, and he answered me from his holy hill. Selah. I rested and slept. I awoke, for the Lord protects me. I am not afraid of the multitude of people who attack me from all directions. Rise up, Lord. Deliver me, my God. Yes, you will strike all my enemies on the jaw. You will break the teeth of the wicked. The Lord delivers. You show favor to your people. Selah. Psalm 64. For the music director, a psalm of David. Listen to me, O God, as I offer my lament. Protect my life from the enemy's terrifying attacks. Hide me from the plots of evil men, from the crowd of evildoers. They sharpen their tongues like swords. They aim their arrows, a slanderous charge, in order to shoot down the innocent in secluded places. They shoot at him suddenly and are unafraid of retaliation. They encourage one another to carry out their evil deed. They plan how to hide snares and boast. Who will see them? They devise unjust schemes. They disguise a well-conceived plot. Man's inner thoughts cannot be discovered, but God will shoot at them. Suddenly, they will be wounded by an arrow. Their slander will bring about their demise. All who see them will shudder, and all people will fear. They will proclaim what God has done and reflect on his deeds. The godly will rejoice in the Lord and take shelter in him. All the morally upright will boast. 2 Samuel chapter 19 Joab was told, The king is weeping and mourning over Absalom. So the victory of the day was turned to mourning as far as the people were concerned. 
For the people heard on that day, the king is grieved over his son. That day, the people stole away to go to the city, the way people who are embarrassed steal away in fleeing from battle. The king covered his face and cried out loudly, My son, Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son. So Joab visited the king at his home. He said, Today you have embarrassed all your servants who have saved your life this day, as well as the lives of your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your concubines. You seem to love your enemies and hate your friends. You have as much as declared today that leaders and servants don't matter to you. I realize now that if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead today, it would be all right with you. So get up now and go out and give some encouragement to your servants. For I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out there, not a single man will stay here with you tonight. This disaster will be worse for you than any disaster that has overtaken you from your youth right to this present time. So the king got up and sat at the city gate. When all the people were informed that the king was sitting at the city gate, they all came before him. David goes back to Jerusalem. But the Israelite soldiers had all fled to their own home. All the people throughout all the tribes of Israel were arguing among themselves, saying, The king delivered us from the hand of our enemies. He rescued us from the hand of the Philistines. But now he has fled from the land because of Absalom. But Absalom, whom we anointed as our king, has died in battle. So now why do you hesitate to bring the king back? Then King David sent a message to Zadok and Abathar, the priest, saying, Tell the leaders of Judah, why should you delay any further in bringing the king back to his palace when everything Israel is saying has come to the king's attention? You are my brothers, my very own flesh and blood. Why should you delay any further in bringing the king back? Say to Amasa, are you not my flesh and blood? God will punish me severely. If from this time on you are not the commander of my army in place of Joab, he won over the hearts of all the men of Judah as though they were one man. Then they sent word to the king, saying, Return, you and all your servants as well. So the king returned and came to the Jordan River. Now the peoples of Judah had come to Gilgal to meet the king and to help him cross the Jordan. Shimei, son of Gera the Benjaminite from Bahoram, came down quickly with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were 1,000 men from Benjamin with him, along with Ziba, the servant of Saul's household, and with him his fifteen sons and twenty servants. They hurriedly crossed the Jordan within sight of the king. They crossed at the ford in order to help the king's household cross and to do whatever he thought appropriate. Now after he had crossed the Jordan, Shimei, son of Gera, threw himself down before the king. He said to the king, Don't think badly of me, my lord, and don't recall the sin of your servant on the day when you, my lord the king, left Jerusalem. Please don't call it to mind. For I, your servant, know that I sinned, and I have come today as the first of all the house of Joseph to come down to meet my lord the king. Abishai, son of Zariah, replied, For this should not Shimei be put to death? After all, he cursed the Lord's anointed. But David said, What do we have in common, you sons of Zariah? You are like my enemy today. Should anyone be put to death in Israel today? Don't I know that today I am king over Israel? The king said to Shimei, You won't die. The king vowed an oath concerning this. Now Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, came down to meet the king, from the day the king had left until the day he safely returned. Mephibosheth had not cared for his feet, nor trimmed his mustache, nor washed his clothes. When he came from Jerusalem to meet the king, the king asked him, 
Why didn't you go with me, Mephibosheth? He replied, My lord the king, my servant deceived me. I said, Let me get my donkey saddle so that I can ride on it and go with the king, for I am lame. But my servant has slandered me to my lord the king. But my lord the king is like an angel of God. Do whatever seems appropriate to you. After all, there was no one in the entire house of my grandfather who did not deserve death from my lord the king. But instead you allowed me to eat at your own table. What further claim do I have to ask the king for anything? Then the king replied to him, Why should you continue speaking like this? You and Ziba will inherit the field together. Mephibosheth said to the king, Let him have the whole thing. My lord the king has returned safely to his house. Now when Barzillai the Gileadite had come down from Roglin, he crossed the Jordan with the king so he could send him on his way from there. But Barzillai was very old, eighty years old in fact, and he had taken care of the king when he stayed in Mahanium, for he was a very rich man. So the king said to Barzillai, Cross over with me, and I will take care of you while you are with me in Jerusalem. Barzillai replied to the king, How many days do I have left to my life that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I am now eighty years old. Am I able to discern good and bad? Can I taste what I eat and drink? Am I still able to hear the voices of male and female singers? Why should I continue to be a burden to my lord the king? I will cross the Jordan with the king and go a short distance. Why should the king reward me in this way? Let me return so that I may die in my own town near the grave of my father and my mother. But look, here is your servant, Kimham. Let him cross over with my lord the king. Do for him whatever seems appropriate to you. The king replied, Kimham will cross over with me, and I will do for him whatever I deem appropriate. And whatever you choose, I will do for you. So all the people crossed the Jordan, as did the king. After the king had kissed him and blessed him, Barzillai returned to his home. When the king crossed over to Gilgal, Kimham crossed over with him. Now all the soldiers of Judah, along with half the soldiers of Israel, had helped the king cross over. Then all the men of Israel began coming to the king. They asked the king, Why did our brothers, the men of Judah, sneak the king away and help the king and his household cross the Jordan? And not only him, but all of David's men as well. All the men of Judah replied to the men of Israel, Because the king is our close relative. Why are you so upset about this? Have we eaten at the king's expense? Or have we misappropriated anything for our own use? The men of Israel replied to the men of Judah, We have ten shares in the king, and we have a greater claim on David than you do. Why do you want to curse us? Weren't we the first to suggest bringing back our king? But the comments of the men of Judah were more severe than those of the men of Israel. New Testament reading, Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 13. Jesus' anointing. Now, while Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of expensive perfumed oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. When the disciples saw this, they became indignant and said, Why this waste? It could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. When Jesus learned of this, he said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a good service for me. For you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this oil on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. 
I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9. Jesus' anointing. Now while Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of costly aromatic oil from pure nard. After breaking open the jar, she poured it on his head. But some who were present indignantly said to one another, Why this waste of expensive ointment? It could have been sold for more than 300 silver coins and the money given to the poor. So they spoke angrily to her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a good service for me. For you will always have the poor with you, and you can do good for them whenever you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She anointed my body beforehand for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. John chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Jesus' anointing. Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom he had raised from the dead. So they prepared a dinner for Jesus there. Martha was serving, and Lazarus was among those present at the table with him. Then Mary took three quarters of a pound of expensive aromatic oil from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus. Then she wiped his feet dry with her hair. Now the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfumed oil. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was going to betray him, said, Why wasn't this oil sold for three hundred silver coins and the money given to the poor? Now Judas said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money box, he used to steal what was put into it. So Jesus said, Leave her alone. She has kept it for the day of my burial, for you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. Now a large crowd of Judeans learned that Jesus was there, and so they came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to kill Lazarus too, for on account of him many of the Jewish people from Jerusalem were going away and believing in Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and holy and righteous and just God, we thank you, O Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to hear your word today, to reflect on it. We thank you for this opportunity to speak to you, to pray to you, to come before your throne boldly because of what Christ has done. And God, we are in a place of deep gratitude for your kindness and for your compassion towards us today. We thank you, O Lord, for these reminders from your word about what you are deserving of, the, the fragrance, the surrender, the sacrifice of our worship before you. We thank you, O Lord, that you throughout history have honored this woman who your disciples rejected in that moment. They responded to her acts of worship and understanding, preparing you for burial with indignation according to your word. They became angry. And they showed, O oh God, a, a type of faux piety, O oh Lord, acting as if she was being wasteful and that they were fixed on and thinking about the poor. But your word reveals that that is not what Judas was ultimately concerned about. He was concerned about his own greed. 
Gracious God, would you help us, O Lord, to honor those, to make room for those, to value those who worship you, who sacrificially worship who you are. Lord God, would you rebuke us by the power of your spirit when we get things out of order, when we think that we get to set the conditions of your worship and the extravagance and the surrender and the sacrifice of your worship, for you are worthy of all praise and honor. And God, we pray, O Lord, that we would be mindful of the poor. You have offered us this deep, deep wisdom in this text that the poor would be with us and that we are to be busy about the work of serving the poor and respecting the poor and caring for the poor amongst us and not using the name of the poor as an excuse, O Lord, to not worship you, to not honor you, O God. Lord, we thank you for uh, your kindness, your graciousness towards us. We thank you, O Lord, that what we do for Jesus will indeed last, that only what we do for you will last. And we are reminded, O God, by this scripture that while you have all power and all love and all might, that we, even in our frailness and even in our weakness and even in our insecurities, can serve you. We are reminded, O God, from your word that this woman served the Lord. May we also be servants of the Lord. And thank you, O God, also for this reminder that because of what Jesus had done in Lazarus' life, the profound miracle that took place, his coming back from the dead, Lord God, we are reminded that there are those who are angry with you, and they may find themselves being angry with your work in our life. God, would you teach us how to navigate that situation? Would you teach us how to still be salt and light, to be loving, even amongst those who are angry with us? because of your work and power in our life. God, we thank you that you are working in our life, that your power is being manifested in our life, even when we feel weak and tired. And so today we rest in you and we give you thanks and praise because you, oh God, have plans and purposes for us. And you take women who have been rebuked and scorned by disciples and, oh Lord, you attach them to your gospel. And you have reminded us in your word that whenever your gospel is proclaimed, this woman, this woman who adored you, who prepared you for burial, her name is associated with your gospel. And for that, we give you thanks, honor, and praise. Amen and amen. Communicating effectively is not just what you say, but how you say it. Good communicators know this, but it's often easier said than done. Teachers, leaders, and speakers are often left bewildered, wondering why the content that was so carefully planned and delivered seems to fall flat with the audience. In Speaking by the Numbers, Sean Palmer offers a strategy that combines communication principles with Enneagram wisdom to help leaders, pastors, and teachers understand how to convey content in ways that both inspire and connect with their audiences. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. 
go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.